0: Hello and welcome back, you putrescent little children, to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. This is episode 52, and joined with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack quack, everybody. Listen up, you little wiseacres. Here for another episode of Inside Quotes. And boy, do we have a great episode for you today. (laughs) I don't know why you'd be listening to this episode when you got the TV right in front of you. I know. What is this? <laughs> you wiseacre. You little lion earwig. <laughs> oh man, this movie right here. So, we are covering the 1996 film Matilda. And it's October. And it just feels like a fall movie. I don't know why. It, I think it, just because it's basically a children's horror film. Because <laughs> it is freaky and creepy that's all i'm going to say um but it's also heartwarming and wonderful and very 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 nostalgic that's right i don't i i i think i i don't think i've seen this movie for over 10 years and i i usually say that when we cover a movie but yeah, every episode this one i was just like i can't even remember <laughs> every episode that's a, that's my catchphrase you know i i can't remember the last time i saw this one either but uh, I know that this was a staple because it was in our library at the school that we went to yeah. and our mom worked in the library. Yep. And so it was there. I I remember them showing it at school a lot. That was like, one of our classroom staples for sure. Cause it's like such a good movie and we were, it's also a book. So it's like mm-hmm. you can inspire the kids to read the book if you show the movie, but this is a staple and even if it's a classroom staple, I feel like I've seen this more at school than at home.
1: Yeah, we didn't <laughs> have this even
0: though We did not. I mean, we basically lived at the school, but... <laughs> I was going to say, because there, there was times... Oh, we've mentioned it before, but our mom worked in the library at the school that we went to growing up. And so we spent a lot of time at the school, like after after school got out. Before and after school. From 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. sometimes. We were there for several hours afterwards. And sometimes we were even there during the summer. So we had the run of like all the movies that they had in the library. <laughs> we would just get the, you know, the the A.V. cart that they roll into all the classrooms. The big one. We would just set that up and just watch movies during the summer, even though we weren't at home. And we were in, the in a library of the full library. of books. <laughs> it's like, why would we read when we got a TV right in front of us? Dude, <laughs> you remember? Do you remember? rolling the cart in between the, the eye level bookshelves and like climbing up on top of the eye level bookshelves and laying on them. Oh yeah. And watching that. I, we might've watched this movie, the kids section. Yeah, that was awesome. I was just a memory. We, we used to watch the movies on top of the bookshelves cause it was summer and we could do it. And yeah. that school was ours. Yeah. That hey, something, there's something that is different about walking around school when it's empty and there's yeah. no life. It's kind of creepy, but also yeah, really fun. Here's our uh, weekly reference to to Paul because we 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 <laughs> talked about because his mom also worked at the school and we had the run at the teachers lounge and all that, so we were we were just the 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 street rats that ran around the school. <laughs> Office kid life. Yep. <laughs> uh Jonathan, did you did you read this book Growing Up? Uh, I did. Um I don't really remember what grade I was in, but I'm pretty sure it was it was a book that we read like as a class together. Yeah. Um I actually I was thinking about this. I cuz this was a book by Roald Dahl. And I I I think I think I've read like all his books as a kid. <laughs> like I didn't really Didn't really think about it. Like I Even read the Twits? I I read The Twits. Oh, I thought that was a girl's book. I didn't read it. <laughs> I I don't really remember that one that much but I know I I know that I've read I've read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory even the sequel the Glass Elevator one yeah uh B, the BFG was my favorite oh them. yeah that one was good and uh oh, what else is there James and the Giant Peach we mm-hmm. that was one that we read in class and watched the movie and Matilda was definitely one of those as well so I guess all all of all the Roald that Mr Fox have a movie uh I, you know what that one i actually i don't know if i don't I even think one. i read that one there there was there was one book that we had in the library that had a bunch of the the smaller short stories together yeah. and i remember reading some of those but um i don't remember reading fantastic mr fox i i didn't even know about that till the movie came out right yeah so never um, mind i didn't read all his books fine <laughs> oh, one other one I read was uh, "Boy," which was like a oh yeah, autobiographical yeah. oh, yeah. one. I kind of remember the book being kind of like funny too. So it well, was like I'll, it was I'll, like I'll a Dahl mix. also had a huge imagination, so might have been embellished a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of a mix of like humor and his actual <laughs> life growing up. But Jeremy, did you read Matilda? I did read Matilda. I I read that one. I read. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the BFG, probably three or four times. Yeah. Um, and I didn't read Glass Elevator because I was like, I wasn't a tryhard. You know what? Let me let me take that back. I read half of that book. I never finished that one. <laughs> ah. <laughs> the Halfer Club. Yeah. Hmm. The rest of them I finished. For some reason, I feel like The Trumpet and the Swan... Was a roll doll book? I mean, movie. Partially because I feel like it was made by the same animation group as the BFG. Does that sound familiar? The, I don't, I don't know. even know what you're talking about. The, the trumpet, trumpet and in the, the swan? swan. Yeah, yeah. What was that? It was a book we read in third grade, I think, by E.B. White, same as a uh, Charlotte's Web.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they we watched the movie. Um, I remember it being really good. The Trumpet of the Swan, not not the Trumpet and the Swan. Um But well, I remember I it being I've like super similar to the BFG cartoon that we watched. Not the new movie that came out. Uh I guess last decade. <laughs> wow, never mind. Um but the BFG is probably I'm not going to say it's a classic because I feel like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the classic of all the classics, but I think my favorite is BFG. That was it my has favorite. the most wonder and excitement in it. Yeah. That was my favorite. Um yeah. Actually, so did you ever watch the BFG movie that came out a few years ago? No, I did not. I tried watching it and it was like kind of boring and I was really? kind of let down. I didn't finish it. <laughs> And I was kind of uh, let down because that was like my favorite one. That was the one I was all the years I've been like waiting for them to make like a good movie of. <laughs> so I don't know, listeners, if, if you watched it and it was good and I should give it a second chance, let me know. But also, I, I pulled you, it up on Netflix and I was like, I'm not really into this. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you have read or watched the movie Trumpet and the Swan. Trump, if you've watched or read the movie Trumpet of the Swan, let me know because I might just be going crazy. I I forgot about that that animated BFG, the cartoon one. That was so good, dude. I remember watching that. So you mentioned earlier this is like a children's horror movie, right? Dude, this is freaky. (laughs) This is so uncomfortable to watch. I love it. It's a joy in my life, and I will never not watch it if I'm given the opportunity. But just the villain is perfect. The trench pole. The vibes are immaculate. <laughs> the vibes are immaculate. <laughs> but it's like it's this movie's shot like a horror movie, like a Hitchcock film, with the lighting and with like the up close camera shots that make you uncomfortable, like a fisheye lens. Well, it's because Danny DeVito directed it and he's really short, so he was like right <laughs> down there with the kids. It wasn't the camera guy. <laughs> That's true. He it was very close to the kids. Yeah. Um, I I did notice they shot a lot of stuff from the kids' perspective to make, you know, the adults seem bigger and scarier and all that. Because if if it's from the adults' perspective, then Miss Trenchable is just a ridiculous human being that's not even that scary. Oh my goodness. I think she's so ridiculous enough to where it's like only kids are scared of her and parents won't believe anything that the kids say because of the craziness. She's one of the greatest uh, movie villains kids movie villains ever oh by far i i i've always she's always stuck out my mind of like how scary she was and like how disgusting she looks yeah okay so like (laughs) what it describe her villainous essence in one word grody (laughs) sweat sweaty (laughs) sweaty yeah Ugh. this this is such a sweaty movie (laughs) there's sweat all over the villain. It just seems sweaty. And it's even in the chocolate cake, which we will talk about the chocolate cake, but yes, we uh, will. she just like, I have she's just always stuck out in my mind. And the thing is like, if you see the actress, she doesn't, she doesn't look that ugly. No, <laughs> like in real life. I don't know what they did to like, make her look that way, but like, I don't know. Well, you could see, okay. So listening to this movie, um, I was like, "Who is that? Whose voice is that?" And
1: mm-hmm. I was like, "I
0: know that voice from somewhere." Yeah, and it's she plays. She plays. His, she plays uh, Aunt Marge from Harry Potter three. Yeah, I I didn't know that until recently. Another great villain, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> this is a she's typecast as a as a mean old lady." Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she's like the greatest villain. I mean, when it comes to the whip she's got. The fingerless leather gloves, oh yeah, and ultimately the sweat, the sweat, <laughs> just the pure <laughs> vigor and disgust. I, she she looks like she smells like vinegar. <laughs> her teeth are just stained by those chocolates she eats. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like even in a few scenes, there's like bits of food like in her teeth. Yeah, like it like <laughs> looks really gross. Hopefully, hopefully that was intentional. And it's like every every good villain has their like jail or like their like Kurt has the grinder, you know, from Good Burger. Yeah, yeah. She's got the Chokey. Chokey. Which was terrifying as a kid. Yeah! It's just a closet where you can't move or else you get impaled. It's got spikes in there. <laughs> Same vibes as the inside of the door of one of the vaults from Gringotts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the put the goblin fingernail in <laughs> K plays there lamp plays K plays we'll save all that talk for Harry Potter but um uh, like she even has like she's so memorable too because of her specific look and the way she is angrily the way she angrily yells at people and more specifically, is she's most memorable because of her vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I call, she called them putrescent little children. Who uses putrescent? <laughs> also, uh, in her office, she used uh, festering pustule of malignant ooze. Like, that's a lot of words that six-year-olds don't understand. Now... I'm familiar with the term maggot, but pestiferous, Pistiferous? <laughs> but yet, yeah, she's like, I hate her so much, and I love her at the same time. I mean, she, what other villain will bark at a cat and then punt it in the air? Uh, Trunchball, she had a good line at some point in the movie where she said, uh, Children, they're filthy, disgusting little things. I'm glad I never was one. Yeah. She gives off the same energy. As the, as the lady villain from Chicken Run. <laughs> the same exact person. Like, she's her. She's like a blend of her and a little bit of Miss Finster from Recess. A little bit of Miss Finster. Even though Miss Finster was the evil villain of Recess, she still loved the kids. She had a heart. Curse these bodacious, hips of mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's going to be a time where... We'll we'll probably never run out of movies, but there's still going to be a time where we're going to be like, I just want to talk about this movie that we covered two years ago. Yeah. Well, if we, whenever we want to do that, we'll do the commentary episodes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to make another Harry Potter connection. I have a lot of Harry Potter connections, which we can just dive into. This I didn't think you would. I didn't All think right. you would. Okay, that was going to be a whole segment for me. Well, I've, obviously, yeah. I was I was going to mention if you didn't, the actress that played Miss Trunchbull was Miss was Aunt Marge, but but the wormwoods are the dursleys they are exactly the dursleys i mean it's it's <laughs> and in the book the book they're british so it's even more close to the dursleys true yeah um yeah. second they're whatever the kid's name her brother looks mm-hmm. exactly like dudley yeah yeah the actor um also i think that matilda is in the same universe as that because I think she's a wizard or a witch. I think she's a witch. It makes sense. I mean, emotional trauma from family makes you do unspoken things that you can't explain, like Harry did with the uh with the uh, the glass in the snake at the zoo. Mhm. And she has telepathic powers. Another connection would be the cafeteria lady is the perfect soulmate for Argus Filch. Filch. <laughs> I, I think they should, I, I ship them. They they should get together because they're the same person. Um, well, even the Chokey, that seems like something Filch would, would be an advocate yes. for. Yes. Cause he's always talking about how he misses the old punishments in the old days that were like <laughs> more like torturous. Hanging children up by their thumbs. <laughs> you sound like Bill Weasley there more than. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear we are in trouble The only other thing was just like It's the same dynamic with the Dursleys As you know that With Matilda being kind of The odd one out of the bunch Like they don't really care about her You know it's the same dynamic Between her and her brother As like Harry and Dudley You know it's like they've got one that they obviously favor And the, the, the kid that they don't really understand Because she's smart or because Harry's a wizard. Yeah. In Harry Potter was, was Vernon Dursley. Was he like, I know he was like a salesman. He sold like drill bits and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. He, was was he like, wasn't necessarily a scumbag though. He wasn't like crooked though. Right. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I definitely think that JK Rowling was inspired by this book. If not yeah. the movie. Because this movie came out as she was. She wrote this book a year after this movie came out. So think about that. But that's enough Harry Potter talk. Because even the newt she got from it. <laughs> Scamander. <Newt> Scamander. Wow. <laughs> this is the movie where I learned what a newt was. And I only knew what a newt was because everyone else got it wrong. I found a frog. <laughs> that's a salamander. <laughs> And then Trunchbull thought it was a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's a newt, Miss Trunchbull, you idiot. Um, I was corrected while watching this movie that uh, her name is Trunchbull and not Trenchbull. I thought it was Trenchbull this entire time. Trench? Yeah, so... See, for me, I, it's spelled like Trunch B-A-L-L. B-A-L-L. Oh. But, I, but I always say Trunchbull because of the way the girl and the pig... Pigtails like pronounces it. It's like <laughs> yes Trunchbull. Yes Miss Trunchbull. <laughs> oh, you mean Minkus's little sister from Boy Meets World <laughs> essentially. Probably the same actor. Who knows? <laughs> Amanda Frip. <laughs> <laughs> but the even the details of like the salamander scene of uh even like this is this is her picture of this is her metal pitcher of water. That mm-hmm. is only used for trunchbull. So even like the small details of that, it looks like a villainous picture. And the detail is it has a big, huge dent in the side of it. So you could just like assume that she has thrown that at, at some kid. Mm. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> it's just, it's it's beautiful. I don't know. When, when I was watching that scene with the new, I couldn't remember if she like actually like, I thought she swallowed it. That Yeah, same. That's where I thought it was going. Yeah. Just stuck to her shirt. <laughs> Didn't even look like real. Yeah, just like hopped on her. <laughs> I like how the Wormwoods and Trench Bowl got s- along so well. <laughs> it's like she can't even escape to go to school. Even if she's at school, she still has to be in fear of someone who doesn't support her or whatever. A- another Harry Potter reference uh, connection. St. Brutus's. St. Brutus's. <laughs> Wait, what's the name of this school? Oh, I forgot. It's it's like trunch something. It's it's like a funny it's, name. It's like a chunk chunk it starts with a c, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, St. Brutus's. Like Matilda wasn't good enough to go to that regular school. It's Crunchem Hall. Crunchem Hall. <laughs> Crunching them <laughs> on the bones of the students. But it's like it's like she's like convincing uh, her dad of like, oh, we we uh, discipline the kids and all this, and and it's like the same thing with yeah. like Saint Brutus. It's like they use the cane at Saint Brutus's boy. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been beaten loads of times. <laughs> I'm gonna start this off with asking you one question: Are you ready to get sticky with Mickey? <laughs> John Lovitz is in this movie, uncredited cameo. Yeah. Uh, sticky with Mickey was a huge dream of mine. It was so gross, but something you'd see on like UHF or something, but mm-hmm. like, it's such a simple show. And I've always wanted to like go into a booth like that and just catch money. And I saw, I remember walking through one time, probably when I was like five or six years old. Uh, I remember they had a booth similar to that only without the, the sticky glue. Um, at a shoe carnival and you could go in and like catch coupons or I guess they I don't think they had actual money in it but I was like what the thing from Matilda I want to do it and I wasn't allowed to do it but it's whatever I just remember seeing that and I mean you just get sticky and get cash for free it's simple as that (laughs) I just love that that's their only show that they wanted to watch And there's not even, like, a game show. It's just one thing. Yeah. (laughs) You just cover yourself in honey and stay put. (laughs) You did remind me, though, like, I don't know if this is still a thing, but at our school, the money machine, like, the money booth or whatever it was, that was, like, a prize that they would have at, like, fundraising events and stuff like that. Yeah. They did that quite a few times growing up, and it was, like, a, like, if if you sold the most you know, whatever, I don't know, different fundraising events we had. Like you could win a chance to like <laughs> spend like one minute in the uh in the money machine. And it wasn't obviously it wasn't like kids got like covered in in honey and jumped in there. It was just like <laughs> you get in there and it's like a wind tunnel and you try and catch like dollar yeah. bills and things like that. That was my dream to be able to do that yes. as a kid. It was like the coolest me thing. Me too. I would not want to do the honey thing. I, that would be too much. I'm not getting me. sticky with Mickey anytime soon. Let's just say that. And actually, there someone in my class got to do it one year. Yeah, she what she got picked to do it, or I don't know what it is. She won. She sold the most of something, and she got to do it. She refused to do it because she was too scared to do it. I was like, <laughs> "Why would you do that?" There's money in there, dude. You don't want to get no paper cuts. What are you talking about? I was so annoyed. Like I could not understand why. Why would you not want to do that? That's the coolest thing ever. Did you also notice, like, how, like, they never eat any, like, real food. It's always just TV dinners or, like, just junk food. so marshmallow kebabs. The only one that can cook is Matilda. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, they're cooking, they have cereal, and she's the one who made waffles. Yeah, yeah. In the breakfast. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, breakfast time, and the kid comes in, and he's like, it's like, can I pass me the cookies or something like that? Yeah. (laughs) Junk food. Yeah. I mean, waffle isn't the most healthy thing, but she's trying. Yeah. Um, but she makes her own pancakes. That was a good scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Let's just talk about the food in this movie because... I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. The pancakes be looking tasty. They were that perfect. scene was so good. Pairing that with rusted root. <laughs> hmm. Let's talk um, the marshmallow <laughs> kebabs. <laughs> I don't know why that's a thing, but they seem like they would eat more than just five marshmallows at a time. So uh, the two specific red and blue M&M's up close, mm-hmm. even though they looked sweaty. Yeah, he was a sweaty kid. I was like, okay,
1: <laughs>
0: I'd probably eat those. The Honey Nut, or not Honey Nut Cheerios, the regular Cheerios in one of the best scenes of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What else, what else is there uh obviously, there's the huge chocolate cake chocolate, but that's cake. not a good chocolate cake. it's memorable, but it's not good i I'd, I'd agree, Jonathan, I don't enjoy eating chocolate cake, and i think i I never have i I never have enjoyed it more than vanilla cake, and I think this is the only reason why I don't like it because mm. I like chocolate things, but chocolate cake I can't do. I have some thoughts on this. Well, one the, the you're talking about this movie looking sweaty. That cake yeah. looks sweaty.
1: It I know looks that's like what a I'm hot. Saying. It's a
0: hot cake, and they've got the the icing on it, and it's like it's like drooping off of it. Just the sounds it makes is sloppy. It's like yeah. And the, oh come on, Brucey, Bruce, 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 Bruce Bob the Trotter. Moose dude, <laughs> Bog Trotter. He's a legend in his own. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Although he is the most disgusting eater I've ever met, yeah, <laughs> ever that was so gross, <laughs> and it didn't help that it was a gross looking cake, but part part of it that's gross for me is just like he has to just eat it out of his hand. I know he didn't even ask for silverware, okay, <laughs> Bruce Bogtrotter, what a legend he had literally zero fear in his eyes, he was dead, and his eyes were dead. <laughs> He gave zero craps, and he even had to talk back and said, "My mom's cake is better." <laughs> then he proceeded to eat the slimiest piece of chocolate cake, which is the reason why I don't like chocolate cake now. Um, and he said, "I don't want any." Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. He didn't even ask for a fork and knife. That's how confident this kid was. He's like, "You ain't gonna mess with me." I I like um when she first pulls him up there and she's like interrogating him. Cause it's like, I think you stole something out of the kitchen. Did you sneak off into the kitchen? And it's hard to remember <laughs> the exact place and time. <laughs> it was just like, it's, it's hard so chill. to chill. It's, it's hard to remember. It's like how many pieces of cake has he eaten already <laughs> that day? <laughs> how many like desserts has he taken out of like other kids, school boxes, like <laughs> lunch boxes, like, We stand, Brucey, on this podcast. It's the best. It's almost like you know the people that like some kind of detective show, and they go like they're trying to get information (laughs) from someone, and they're being coy until they like (laughs) hand them some money. It's like that kind of thing. It's like "Eh, it's hard. I've seen a lot of cakes in my day. I don't know. It's hard (laughs) to know a specific one. You know, hands them a twenty. Yeah, I remember that one. Yep, best cake of my life. School kitchen, (laughs) ten a.m. this (laughs) this morning, dude. It. It's even, it's even Bruce's haircut that's so iconic. Mm-hmm. It, it's something... He kind of reminds me of uh, Porter from Sandlot. Okay. Not just because he was chubby, but just his, his, whole, this, his whole being is so great. Like, he, <laughs> he, he's the leader of that school. <laughs> and I just love when he finishes the cake. Well, first of all, he's been told, You will not leave this platform until you've consumed the entire confection. Mm, confection. Entire confection. <laughs> and then Filch's wife, Cookie. The cook. <laughs> the yeah. cook like walks off stage chuckling and then she scratches her butt. <laughs> yeah. She says something too. See you at lunch. <laughs> See you at lunch. <laughs> uh yeah. So good. I mean, it's a cake that is cooked with blood and sweat. Um, which pretty bad, pretty bad. Um, probably wouldn't say it would be my number one choice of dessert or sp- secret ingredients that go in cake, but that might be the reason why it is so slimy and sweaty. I I was actually thinking about this. I can specifically remember the best piece of chocolate cake I've ever had in my life. Oh yeah. It when? was at um Wright's Cafe in Tampa rights deli rights deli yeah yeah they do have good chocolate cake i i went there like a year or so ago with mom and dad and they after we ate they're like oh let's get some dessert and so they got like a piece of cake and i was like i don't really want it because like you i'm not that big a fan of of cake either i like cake i just don't care about chocolate cake and that's weird for mom and dad to be like Oh, let's get a dessert. Yep. Why not? They were splur—they were splurging. I don't know what it was. They—they they that good there? They, they knew it. They good. won on Sticky with Mickey. Is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or mom got double bingo. But <laughs> yeah, the reason—my well, theory is though—that I like—I like cake when it's chilled. I don't like yes. hot cake. It's something yes! about the, that's the issue. It was the perfect temperature. <sighs> it was moist. It had the right amount of icing. It even had the layers of the icing in between. You know, of the cake? Yeah. That's the kind of cake that I like. Okay. I, I think that's my theory. When mm. it's just like, you know, someone makes a, a cake and it's like room temperature or like hot out of the there's oven. There's no AC that, in that school. It's not, yeah, there's not. It that's does insane. be looking hot though. <laughs> Everybody do be sweating though. Okay, maybe this wasn't a fall movie. This was like dead of summer movie when they filmed it probably. No, no, this is definitely a fall (laughs) movie. It's scary. (laughs) It's shot like a horror movie. It sounds like a horror movie. And that's that. So this movie is like one twist away from being like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. You know how like, I just picture like, you know, episodes where like there's a kid and they get powers or something and they start to do things the way they want. And it like gets right to the point where like Matilda is about to like take things off too far, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting revenge on people before she like dials it back. And yeah. And she's just a sweet kid. She it's like, what I a prankster, know, that, you know, it's like, she's, if it had gone any further, it sort of could have gone into like twilight zone territory. <laughs> and she, yeah, she, becomes this like villain herself where like they have to stop her. This is how villains are born. Yeah. I like, Oh, let's talk about the pranks. What's your favorite prank? <laughs> that she pulled Hmm. most of them are from the beginning, but yeah, it's not, not a prank. I I was starting to think of like some of the, just the more cartoonish aspects of the movie. Mm -hmm. And like, I think the first thing I thought of was like, uh, the girl, like getting grabbed by the pigtails and (laughs) twisted around in circles and thrown there. There was a lot of scenes of kids flying through the air and they were all super slow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to explain it any more than that. They just looked, they just flew super slow. Yeah, (laughs) it was really funny. I don't. What what's your favorite prank? I couldn't remember what she did with um the peroxide. As I was watching, I was like, "What is she doing?" I thought that was really funny. But I think the super super glue with the with the hat was the funniest thing, and the way they just. Created the scene in public, and then couldn't even get it off until she had to cut it off of his head. And how stubborn he was! He was like, "I didn't glue it on. The hat shrunk in my the the fibers (laughs) fused to my hair." He's that stubborn. No, yeah. yeah. But I was like, when she ripped it off, and he was like, pretty much bald. I was like, wow. (laughs) I I I was watching this with one of my friends, and I was like, yo, I'm getting this as the same vibes as. Uh, home Alone when his yeah. head got caught on fire, so good. I don't know if this is necessarily like a prank, but just the scene when uh when she like gets annoyed at her brother and like he like throws the carrot at her and she yeah. just spins it around and like zooms oh. it right back at his face and stuffs it in his the mouth. First time she actually like showed her powers. It's one of those yeah, it's one of those things. It's like she doesn't even care because she's like they'll never believe you yeah. even if you told them, you know. yeah which he he doesn't even like say anything about it i feel like he's probably not even in the movie after that (laughs) i wonder what bruce brog trotter's up to these days Uh, a couple years ago in my youtube recommended was like a reunion matilda reunion (laughs) really and so it was pretty it was pretty interesting to to watch i'll put it in the uh the show notes but they basically did a, it may have been for when they did like a Blu-ray release or something like that. They did a reunion. Yeah. Um, they did like a tea party, like at Danny DeVito's house or something, with like all the cast, like all the grown kids and huh. all the, uh, you know, Miss Trenchable was there, Miss Honey was there. Um, Obviously, Danny DeVito and, and his wife, his, his wife, like that's an, they're an actual couple. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the mom and dad in the movie, that's Danny DeVito and his wife. and. uh so that that was kind of cool it for me like danny devito isn't like known as being like some like softy or anything like that no no i was very surprised to find out that he produced directed and starred and narrated this movie i I do want to talk about the narration because i I think that's weird it's really confusing yeah but yeah he had just nothing nothing but like positive things to say about it he's just like it was such a special movie for him for him to work on with his wife and um, he just really enjoyed the whole experience, and it was it was actually kind of a cool thing. Like, he he, I guess the he had heard that they were going to be making the movie, and he just really wanted to do it. And so, but yeah, the, it was a cool reunion. You get to see all the all the kids grown up. Bruce, he is there. Okay, and they do make a chocolate cake for him. So <laughs> they kind of like reenact some of the scenes, which is it, it's kind of funny. That's cool. So basically, in a nutshell, this movie is about choosing family. Yeah. You don't have to be a part of the family that you're born into. Or signing away kids you don't want. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so as a kid, you don't really read into stuff like this as much because you're like, oh, it's just a girl who has mean parents and has superpowers. Yeah. That's cool. And But you don't really read into it. And it's really, like, it's really cool. <laughs> you can be given the worst circumstances, and you can still have hope for a better future and i think that's really cool. and that was that was miss honey's situation. We haven't really talked about her that much. But literally just matilda, same person. <laughs> it's just basically her but she's looking out for her because because of her own experience as a kid. So i mean the parents are pretty awful to matilda. I mean they 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 bring her home from the hospital and leave her out in the car. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. There's like a like a 4-year-old walking like into the city to go to the library. <laughs> not just going to the library, but to actually read books it's crazy <laughs> that that's another aspect of it is like not only does she have like she develops the powers but like she's just like brilliant she's like a super genius, like super smart from her early on age two I mean she understood she read one book on mathematics and she can multiply huge yeah. numbers like that and as a six and a half year old I'm six and a half. You're four. What are you talking about? <laughs> Honey, how old is she? how old is she? She's four. <laughs> I'm six and a half. I love every actor and actress in this movie. They've been perfectly casted. Uh, what about these FBI agents? I hate them. Yeah, they're the weakest part. They're I, so I... weird. like they're not even like a part of because I guess it makes sense. They're portrayed to be villains. But they're the good guys. But it, they're only villains because everyone else in this movie is a villain. That's true. That's super weird. Sometimes adults need to be punished. Yeah, when they've been bad. Oh, you just reminded me. I I wanted to mention it. It, it is very weird that Danny DeVito is narrating this movie. Yeah, like they should have got someone else. It, it's just like a mixed thing of like because he's 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 the dad and he's yeah he just got the, he's just like a bad character in the movie yeah he's like doing the overall narration of the movie of like this and the way he delivers the lines of like and matilda finally he finally had a family and, and it's like like if if he had a character arc where he changed his ways at the end of the movie that would make sense but yeah no he just gives her up for adoption i i don't know who else would could have done it unless they just got someone yeah uh just random you know to To just be the voice and that's it. I'm honestly okay with it because his voice is so good. I mean, like it, it works, but when you think about it, it just like doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't know. He was probably like, I don't want to hire anybody. It's my movie. It's my movie. I'm saving money by doing this. That's fine. (laughs) He he was doing the camera work too. (laughs) Trying to save money. (laughs) Yeah. But Mara Wilson, she is a classic 90s actress, I would say. That's about it. She's in Mrs. Doubtfire, Thomas the Tank Engine, and the reboot for Miracle on 34th Street. It's pretty oh, much yeah. all I remember her, her from. But this is her m- most known role for sure. Like this is yeah, Pete. That's what I always think of. Um, so I don't know if you read this, but um, her mom died of breast cancer while filming this movie. Um. Wow. Like shortly before the movie was released. Um, and Danny DeVito actually um, wanted to, he, he got an early copy sent to her mom to watch it before she died. Um, but talking about like choosing family and it's weird because like Danny DeVito and his wife, Ray, Rhea Perlman, mm-hmm. um, they kind of like sort of adopted Mara Wilson as their own, and sort of like brought them a part of their family, even if like they play the exact opposite. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but they kind of took her in after that. I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's super sad. Yeah, yeah. How old was she? Like seven, eight, I six remember? and a half. I know, but like <laughs> kids are always older than what they play in movies. I've always i I've always noticed she looks older on like the movie poster. Yeah, than she does in the movie. I feel like they shot <laughs> yeah, that, took those, yeah. those, those uh, production stills afterwards. <laughs> at least the old school one. I, the one I'm looking at on IMDb is like a newer version, but like yeah. the old VHS copy. That she one was. was nine years old when this movie came out. And she couldn't go to school because she had to sign for packages. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how the mom had to go to bingo every day. Yeah, And when mom would go to bingo, she had the house to herself. <laughs> When they do the remake, it'll, it'll be like, oh, they got to stay home and get all the Amazon packages. (laughs) Of course they're going to do remake. Let's, let's open up that segment. Is there going to be a Matilda Disney plus show? It's not even Disney, but I'm sure they'll get their hands on it somehow. All I saw was like a couple years ago, Danny DeVito said something about how he he'd like to make a sequel, but that was, that was, yeah. I, I don't think they would get, uh, Mara Wilson to do it. I, I, Get the sense she's one of those that like she was a child actress and then like when she grew up, she didn't really want to do it anymore. Well, she does like she talks. She is like she loves Matilda. Like she's not like, like I she's don't want to be associated about with it. that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she's more of like, let's just keep it the, the way it is as, a, as yeah. an art form. So there was one uh, Easter egg in this movie that I caught. Um, so, you know, in the movie, Miss Honey is talking about her. Her Lissy doll, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she's trying to get. So that's not something that's in the book. That's something that's only in this movie, and like it's a plot point of like it's in the house in the Trench bull's house in her old house, and like she wants it, but she's never been able to go in and get it. Yeah. Um, doll, his like his wife, is after he he passed away like early nineteen nineties. Yeah. Her nickname is Lissy. Oh. And her married okay. name was Doll, Dahl, D A H L. Interesting. And so I just thought that was kind of and I only caught on to it because when the when the movie ended and it went to credits, one of the producers is credited as Lissy Dahl. And I was like that oh, sounds wow. I, I was like is that a reference to something? So I I looked it up. So That's cool. That's really cool. It's it's not something that's in the uh in the in the book, but it's something that's in the yeah. in the movie. So One of the most frightening scenes in this movie, not even like had anything to do with Trunchbull or the Chokey or the chocolate cake or the house, had everything to do with the three second scene of Matilda's first prank where she's about to get caught by her mom, but she has the frog mask on like the sleeping the sleep mask oh. with the frog eyes. That was the scariest thing ever. You're already on the edge of your seat cuz you think she's going to get caught. And then yeah. you see that? That you <laughs> see that monstrosity, you poop your pants instantly. I don't know what that It's it freaked me out. When you whenever uh, you were talking it reminded me of the best shot in this movie. Okay. Um it's whenever Matilda goes back at night to Trunchbull's house. To like yeah. kind of taunter and whatever, make it seem like the ghost of uh, what's his name is coming back. I can't remember his yeah. name, but oh, uh, uh, I don't know either, Magnus or something. Magnus, that's it. Yeah. So, um, and she like she like makes some noises outside, and Trunchbull like hears it, and she like goes up to the window, and she she hears the noise, and and she like <laughs> there's a shot of her like her breath on the window, like she's just she just like snarls real quick. And like, there's like a breath, like, fogs up the window. It's like, and it looks like the shot of the, the uh, in Jurassic Park when like the yes. velociraptor, <laughs> dude, like breeze on the window of like in that kitchen scene near the end. <laughs> I was like, were they going for like a Jurassic Park? They reference? probably were. It was two years after. <laughs> pretty relevant. Uh, I thought the scene in the house, though, when, when she's in there with Miss Honey, I thought that was pretty, pretty suspenseful. Like, I, I kept thinking they were going to get caught. and Oh, yeah. She, like, hides under the table. And then she's, like, she's, like, bracing herself under the table. Yep. <laughs> when she lifts up the tablecloth. I thought that was pretty cool. My favorite shot wasn't even, like, one you'd think of. But it's, like, at the beginning where she ages while she's walking with her wagon on the sidewalk. Where it turns into, like, f- from four-year-old to six-year-old Matilda. Mm. I am a sucker for those quick aging scenes that mm-hmm. age them in one shot. Like. Like from Tarzan or uh, what else? What other ones are there? There's the a most lot. iconic one in my mind when you said that is Lion King. Yeah, That like bridge, that bridge part of Akuna Matata. Yep. And they're just like swinging their heads, walking across the log, and you just see like Simba growing. Dude, I don't know if that's uh, I okay. Th- more, le- that's more iconic than Tarzan. Swinging on a vine, the and Tarzan. then he lands like a superhero on the vine, and then the camera zooms up to him, and he turns around over his shoulder, and he's a man. What in the world, dude? That's way more iconic. And then it cuts to the logo. Tarzan. Tar- I love Rated R. love Tarzan. <laughs> G. PG. PG-13. Rated R. <laughs> that, that is pretty good. Yeah, no, I think Tarzan has the best one of that. But there's a whole bunch more, and I, I can't think of any, a lot, but I'm a sucker for those types of scenes. It's, it might be a, a a movie trope or whatever, mm-hmm. but I love it. It gets me every time. I'm like, oh, what? I didn't expect him to grow up just now. Is, is there more than one teacher at this school? Because I feel like it's just Miss Honey and Trunchbull, which makes me also think, that this is just a figment of Matilda's imagination. This whole movie, this entire movie. Well, there's a there's a lunch lady. Yes, but I don't think we see any other teachers there. I she says something. She said something about uh other teachers. Yeah, they're mentioned. I, I don't think but, they ever show them. Yeah. If I was a teacher, I wouldn't go to work. It. I would never work Crunch there. Hall. Crunch Hall. <laughs> okay, I I forgot about the whole plot point of, like, Miss Trunchbull, like, allegedly killing, killing. Miss Honey's father.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. I
0: I just thought she was, like, a bully and mean and all that, from what yeah. I remember. I don't remember that plot point at all. <laughs> Which brings me <laughs> to my other thing. We didn't finish talking about food. Okay. The, the chocolates, the boxes of chocolate. Yeah. That's what this yeah. movie's from. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I don't like a food... <laughs> This is the same reason. I don't, there's two foods from this movie that I don't like because of this movie. And I don't like boxes of chocolate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's another reason for that well, chocolate cake and then a box of chocolate. Anything chocolate that's sweaty, I'm not a fan of anymore. <laughs> but uh, I just remember one time we had a Christmas, at, it was in high school, and we had a white elephant gift exchange. And mm-hmm. like, you know, those never work out for you. <laughs> never. No. And I always try and, like, give, like, a nice gift or, like, put some actual thought into it. Mm -hmm. And I always get stuck with the worst ones. I have the worst luck with those. And one year, I got an expired box of Russell Stover's chocolate. It was from February of that year. Wow. I was like, thanks. Enjoy your $15 iTunes gift card. (laughs) (sighs) It's the worst. So I have bad memories with with boxes of chocolates now. So that, and I can't think of box chocolates without thinking of it being stuck in Trunchbull's teeth. Just yeah. disgusting. The last food that we totally skipped over was goober peanut butter and jelly. Oh, yeah. Forgot Dude. about that. Ooh, I've always wanted to have that. We never bought that. We yeah, never green. bought it. I remember we got it one time. And it just got so gross and mixed up that mom and dad were like, "No, never again. We're not doing this. That is disgusting." Um, but yeah, people apparently people had that all the time though. So we kind of grew up in an unfortunate family environment where we couldn't have goober. So yeah, we grew <laughs> up with essentially the wormwoods. No, pretty much wormwoods. <laughs> pretty much wormwoods. You know, if you ask me, no. We were very fortunate to have great parents (laughs) that knew probably they did not sign us away. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't use our backs either to sign those papers. (laughs) Turn around. I'm trying to trying to give you away. Oh, man. You know, the end of this movie, I kind of remembered it as a kid as being like a little bit more touching. Yeah. Like like that. They were kind of like a little bit sad about her leaving. Yeah. But in this nope. one I was like they didn't care. All. They didn't care. <laughs> just like Matilda. I never understood you. Guess I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I l- I love it the first scene where they're like inconvenient it's a major inconvenience for them to be at the hospital. And they're oh, just yeah. like yeah, whatever. That's fine. $5,000. What are they going to do? Repossess the baby? Yeah, I'm not paying it. I ain't paying it. And then they just open the trunk and throw the base They throw Matilda in the back of the car. The movie it's got it's got a a good like I don't know you have to have a kind of a dark sense of humor yeah. to enjoy the movie. It's yeah, like yeah, so yeah. outlandish. They're so like mean, and you gotta like not take it too seriously. Otherwise, it's like this is child abuse. What is this? How do you like this movie? You know. Do you have any vocab words from this movie? Choky. Choky? No, I don't know. That's just. Well, I the guess technically, Newt. Newt is one of them, but the main one, the main one though, is skedaddle. You two better skedaddle. That's what I learned. <laughs> what skedaddle meant. I remember asking Dad, and he was like, skedaddle, like scram. Scram. He said it like Billy Devito would. <laughs> scram. <laughs> Like, disperse. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Also, I just remember that one girl that's, like, super tall and, like, way older than the rest of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) explaining how the school worked. The thing that made me laugh the most, I don't know why, but it's probably one of my favorite uh, Wormwood quotes is, you know what they say? Appearance is (laughs) nine-tenths of the law. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, we didn't even talk about the, the car salesman scene. That was cool. It was funny when he whipped out the super, super glue and it's gluing a bumper on. I thought that's how people did bumpers. <laughs> how else? Did you got to get super, super glue. Come on. Yeah. And then, uh, putting Daddy, the sawdust, <laughs> putting the sawdust in, in it to make it mm-hmm. sound from, to soften the clanging sound. And, um uh, winding back the speedometer <laughs> or the odometer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a good. It was like a perfect like positive montage of like here's the <laughs> you should learn the the way the family business. The family business. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just all crooked, like cheat. Daddy, that's cheating. It's <laughs> illegal. Won't that isn't that dangerous? <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean Danny DeVito is the perfect person for this. Yeah. No. No doubt about it. <laughs> I, I like the line that it gets repeated by by her dad, but also uh by Miss Trunchbull. It's basically like, I'm smart, you're dumb, I'm big, you're little, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Words to live by. Until she can start moving things with her mind. Which we didn't talk about that scene in the song. The Cheerios scene?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pretty good. I feel like I have very few memories of eating Regular Cheerios that weren't Honey Nut, but there's a difference. Yeah. Um, one with me, Mom, Papa's house. They always had that, and they'd pour a little bit of coffee in our honey in our regular Cheerios, and it was good. And and then this movie. That's the only two memories I have of Cheerios. Regular regular Cheerios. <laughs> yes, yes. Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> completely different cereal. Um, but uh, that that one scene is probably the greatest scene of this entire movie. Yeah. Um. That's what I think of immediately. Yeah, of her just pointing at things and she finally got her full power. And then the way the way she just like settles down and sits down and everything floats right back into place. <laughs> so perfect. And the song Little Bitty Pretty One. Yep. It's a classic. Um, Jonathan, have you read any books written by Darles Chickens? I mean Charles Dickens. <laughs> I mean Charles Dickens. How silly of me. I love the way she just speaks. She's so sweet and soft spoken. She's like so grown up. Yeah. Yeah. And the way she says like, thank you. She whispers to Miss Honey when she gives her the book. I'd like that very much, Miss Honey.
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) Matilda is a national treasure. You can do it, Brucie. (laughs) I forgot. Did we even talk about how he licks the plate clean? (laughs) <laughs> and that That's the no. ultimate like triumphant Gesture and then she Takes it and b- breaks the glass Over his head pretty much Knocks him <laughs> out that's that's Such a perfect ending to that scene Yeah cause he's starting to lose steam And then <laughs> yeah. Matilda like rallies the crowd To like get him to Bruce <laughs> Bruce finish Bruce, it up. Bruce Bruce Imagine naming your kid Bruce and all he does Is eat cake Final thoughts Jonathan on Matilda 1996 Final thoughts. Uh, I would say this movie is a staple staple of our childhood. It has so many great elements of what makes a good kids movie.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: First and foremost, the best is just the greatest villain. I mean, it's gotta be one of the greatest villains of, of a kid's movie. Yes. Um, Yes. Yes. It's got a memorable scene that involves like a pop song or something, you know, (laughs) we were talking about with the product placement and the, and a good song, dancing, oh, yeah. using her powers—that's it's just iconic. um And there's just so many cartoonish moments in this movie of girls getting thrown by their pigtails across <laughs> the yard, kids flying, principal almost drinking a newt, devouring an entire chocolate cake. The chocolate cake scene alone is, is yeah <laughs> iconic. Yeah, so it's just it's a great one, and it's one that's always like stuck in my mind visually yeah of of this movie and uh I'm glad we rewatched it it's a huge it's a nostalgia bomb for me just yeah. visually and I, even like at the beginning of the movie where she's super sad cuz her parents hate her and they won't let her read or anything and she's just like it just has the picture of her the book she's reading and then a single tear drops onto it i was like whoa i remember that mm, vividly yeah. yeah no this this is probably the most nostalgic movie we've covered in a long time for me, at least it's definitely one that like more so than some of the others that we've covered in a while that just like unlocked memories. Yeah. 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 If you don't like Matilda, I don't know what is wrong with you. It is such a good movie. such a good book. Everyone likes Matilda. So Jonathan, next week is your turn to choose a movie, right? That's right. We got another fall, October ish movie for you next week. So uh, here's a clip of what we'll be covering next time on inside quotes. I've been sent by my employer, Mr. Emil Monteverius, to invite you to his world famous amusement park, Spooky Island. Oh, we don't go near any place with spooky, haunted, forbidden, or creepy in the name. Well, oh, hydrochronic? Right, or hydroclonic, but that's for a whole different reason, man. <laughs> Mr. Monteverius would like you to solve a mystery. he pay you a fee of 10,000 American dollars. Yeah, it's just materialism's not really our bag, man. he <laughs> provide you with free airfare? No thanks. Room and board? Uh, no thanks. And all you can eat all you can eat so our show I was done by Bryce Bridgman and you can find him at groovy bridge on Instagram go ahead and give him a follow um, if you haven't followed us on Instagram already um, go follow us on Instagram because Bryce just updated our profile picture and our artwork and it looks amazing I cannot get over how talented Bryce is and just look, for, look for more updates in our artwork in the future. Cause uh, Bryce is the man to do it. If you enjoy the show and want to support us in any way, we also have a merch store. If you can, you can buy a t-shirt sweatshirt, hoodie stickers, whatever you name it. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us a good review. If not, we'll throw you in the jokey and force feed you chocolate cake. Not the jokey. Well, Wait, every time I hear Chokey, I think, they call me Chokey. (laughs) Shocky. Why do they call you that? (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us revisit our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until then, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. So long, and thanks for all the fish.